0: Hello, and welcome back to Piercing the Veil, A Pagan Perspective. This episode I'm playfully referring to as New Phone Who Dis? Because I'm doing my first recording on my new phone, because that's where I do all of my recordings. But tonight we're going to talk about Pop Culture Paranormal. Now these are things that are very much in the public eye or things that come from popular culture uh, and have kind of developed a foothold in the paranormal community or widespread beliefs Uh, probably one of the most notable of these is the Ouija board now the Ouija board was originally designed as simply a party game that took advantage of the unconscious muscle spasms in people's hands where they weren't necessarily uh, expecting to communicate with the dead it was just kind of a game to see what came out of it You know, over time that has obviously changed and there's quite a few people that think the name seems to have come from some mystical word or something like that, but in reality, it is simply the combination of uh the French and I believe the German words for yes uh, which. You know, it, it is designed as a game it's sold in the children's section there's nothing innately supernatural about the board itself it is just cardboard and plastic with letters printed on it now from my perspective there is a difference there um, because, yes, it is intended as a game, but there is the idea of intent, that if someone is focused on and attempting to use it as an actual communication tool, they are in essence using themselves to open up some kind of doorway uh to speak to the East spirits around. Uh and typically that is more based on um the actual people involved and not the board itself. Now one of the thing one of the uh entities that has spawned out of this uh, is, you know, a, an entity that uh, people refer to as Zozo. this is, uh, there's been a surge of belief in this, that it's some form of demon, you know, Something very widespread. And things like that. But. You know. There really haven't been any cases of it. Prior to 2009. uh, Where Darren Evans. uh, Was the originator of this whole thing. And who now markets himself. As a zozoologist. Uh, I know he's made an appearance on things like ghost adventures and has spawned books and movies and what have you but uh, I recently watched a really fantastic video from a YouTube channel called uh, the paranormal scholar that really dug into this and Uh, gave some really great information on it that there is one mention uh, of the name Zozo before 2009 and that comes from a uh, French occult paper uh, and you'll have to excuse my horrible French Uh, but it is called the Dictionnaire Inferno uh, from 1818 where a case is described uh, where a girl claims to be possessed by multiple demons of which the name Zozo is used Uh, but in the translation of this it is revealed that this is a false case, that this girl has already received punishment in the past for uh, attempting to impersonate a possessed person, and so it's basically a false case. Uh, whether or not uh, Darren Evans found the name through that is unclear, uh, but they pointed out in the video that the stylized name that Evans uses is also very clearly inspired by uh, a moniker used by Led Zeppelin, uh, which is, I guess, a reference to Saturn. But, in any case, it is obviously a very clear fabrication, although a lot of people have tried to come forward with their own reports and experiences, which I would personally describe as people looking to uh, take advantage of a fad or the popularity of it because you'll always see this kind of thing where you know, someone makes some kind of claim that sounds valid so then people will pile on the claims of oh this had some, this happened to me it must be that or something to that effect and it just kind of snowballs into this Uh, force of consciousness I guess and now that's not to say that there isn't a chance of you know some kind of creation of a spiritual presence just by the widespread belief Uh, I've seen a lot of A lot of things that talk about stuff like that, and uh, basically how if enough people believe in something, it's going to manifest, or entities that might not have uh, the kind of attention that they want will use that as a way to get attention. Uh, Another pop culture icon at this point, uh, which is, strangely enough, from the same time as the Zozo phenomenon, is something that uh, I'm sure all of you have heard of called Slenderman. Now, it's very well known that Slender Man is simply a creepypasta, which, for those of you who aren't aware of what that is, it's basically user-created, bite-sized horror stories that are meant to sound like personal experiences uh, that originate from uh, a set of forums called Something Awful. Uh, and have become a creation of 4chan and things like that since then. Uh, but it's a very popular way for people to create these bite sized horror stories that are supposed to be at least somewhat grounded in reality or uh, made to sound believable uh, and this one especially was the creation of um, eric Knudsen nudson i think you pronounce it uh, back in 2009 uh, i believe the original posts were just a series of pictures and From there, uh, people have expanded on the mythology of the Slender Man, and there have been movies and books and numerous copycat creepypastas. Uh, he's been the source of some very popular YouTube web series, like Marble Hornets, uh, and there have been a few others that kind of link into that Uh, but Marble Hornets is definitely the more popular one and this is another one that um, someone had brought up a while back about having heard reports of people seeing it and you know, from looking into it a bit further, I guess people claim to have actually cited the Slenderman, and things like that. Whether this is another case of you know, something popular that people want to latch on to, uh, you know, people with delusions, what have you. You know, the other explanation is, you know, like I stated previously, that you know, maybe because so many people, especially younger people, believe in it, even though, you know, logically you can trace its origins back to something very much fictional. But because of the popularity and the focus on it, uh, perhaps it kind of takes on a life of its own. Uh, I was actually trying to look up the term I was thinking of for this uh, because there is a specific term for a uh, spirit or manifestation that uh, basically is created by belief or things like that. Uh, The closest I came across is a tulpa. Now, tulpas are... uh, believed to be the equivalent of an autonomous imaginary friend created through uh, mental or psychic ability. Uh, Tulpas are believed to take on a life of their own and strangely enough the idea of the tulpa has been carried on by some Rather niche communities in 4chan. Uh, but I believe. I don't have it in front of me at the moment, but uh, I believe the Tulpas themselves are a belief among the Hindu religions. Uh, but, you know, whether that's the case or if it's something else. It's really not clear. I mean, for all we know, it could just be people wanting to believe in this thing, even though everyone else knows that's fictional. Uh, the other case of pop culture isn't necessarily something spawned from pop culture, but most people even if you're not a horror movie fan you're at least aware of The Conjuring The Conjuring 2 Annabelle The Nun uh, even back to Amityville Horror it is all based on the paranormal investigations of Ed and Lorraine Warren Yeah, they are two of the most famous paranormal investigators pretty much ever. Uh, They are notorious for having a basically a museum of possessed items near their home uh, of which the infamous Annabelle doll is a resident. Uh, And they are are actually ones that back when I first started developing an interest in Paranormal Investigation, I read a lot about them uh, and was really impressed by their work. But in recent years, that has kind of soured a bit because I've realized that there's a lot of evidence out there that potentially hints toward them being fakes or at least partial fakes uh, taking advantage of clients uh, yeah, enough that it really makes me question uh, their validity which is really a shame because they are such an influential part of paranormal investigation. Now, since I've matured and stuff, one of my biggest pet peeves is they are uh, one of those types of paranormal investigators that pretty much their go-to, if it's a negative haunting, is demons. I am not a believer in demons, I believe that there are things that you could classify as demons and fit the description, but that's not what I call them. Uh, you know, mostly that's just my own personal spiritual beliefs. But uh, you know, one of their most notorious cases was the Amityville horror which is still always up in the air of whether it actually happened or not Uh, it's based on a lot of personal accounts from the family Uh, there's no physical evidence to go with it Uh, basically it's an entire account of hearsay which, you know, I've seen some interviews, and, you know, obviously I'm no expert. I can't tell if they're lying or not, or anything like that. You know, maybe they at least believe what happened. Uh, I did see some clips more recently about... um one of the children from the family who within the past 10 years actually finally spoke out about what happened and actually corroborated uh, the story of his parents as well as providing some context of his own. And there's a lot of claims of that being a fake simply because of the books and the movies and everything like that Uh, and part of the skeptical opinion about it is that Ed and Lorraine Warren actually encouraged the family to go through with the book deals and stuff, stuff like that Whether that was just their way of getting the word out there and making people more aware, I don't know. Uh, That's one of the cases that is really, really up in the air. Um, And we'll probably never get a proper answer on, basically because there is no evidence outside of word of mouth, which is really unfortunate. You know it you you hate to think that people who have gone through stuff like that might be disbelieved because of skeptical rumors, but you know it's kind of a show me culture, and with nothing to show, there's not much we can do. Uh, and really on the same note, that's where a lot of the doubt towards Ed and Lorraine Warren come from, that the Warrens have quite literally become a franchise. If you know, there are, uh, I can't remember how many movies based on them now, uh, And the ones I'm thinking of are are even just the mainstream ones. I'm sure there are uh, B and C grade movies out there that are also based on their experiences. And I'm sure the family has received quite a bit of money for all of this. Uh, And I know they've made numerous... Uh, television appearances and things like that you know, and you know, to each other I guess I I reserve judgment you know I have my doubts but you know, who am I to judge when here I am talking about plenty of experiences that I can't cooperate corroborate with physical evidence yeah (laughs) if people want to believe me it's entirely based on my word of mouth so yeah it's just that fine line between the people who make money off of what they claim their experiences are and uh, the people who just talk about it openly without seeking any kind of compensation or uh anything like that and that's really the biggest thing like where do we draw the line between it's popular therefore you believe it and it's popular therefore And maybe it's just looking to make money. And that will pretty much always be a struggle within the paranormal community. You know, people will always doubt and there's still no definitive way to, you know, print out a picture or show someone a video and say, aha, look, this is proof because what one person sees as proof. Another person will look at and think, yeah, well, someone could have used wires or magnets or very careful editing to make it look like that. And those are valid questions. But at what point does the level of questioning cause a lack of discussion? You know, I guess that's really the hard part of it. Because I personally am a very logical person. I tend to trust a scientific outcome over a non-scientific outcome. Uh... And I tend to be pretty picky when it comes to the paranormal sources I look into. uh, Just because there are some people with some very strange ideas out there. Uh, But at the same time, you know, I try to be open minded about it. And kind of compare them to my own experiences I guess because I mean I've questioned my own experiences too and that's that's kind of on the same vein of uh, you know how to make people believe what I'm talking about aside from the fact that I'm just talking about it and I'm not saying hey if you give me money I'll tell you my story (laughs) but yeah it's it's a very muddy environment when you mix pop culture and the paranormal Uh, (laughs) I realize this has gotten kind of rambly toward the end here so I will wrap it up there Uh, if you follow me on Facebook, I posted up there about if you would like me to do more stuff like this, maybe with a bit more research and investigation involved, uh, I will be happy to look into that, uh, let me know what kinds of things you would like me to look into, uh, Because doing even the little bit of research I did for this episode was a lot of fun. Uh, And I'm always eager to learn more about things. So please hit me up on Facebook, uh, on Anchor, or wherever. And let me know what you'd like to hear. Uh, If there's stuff you would like to hear me talk about. Please do not hesitate to leave me a comment or a voice message or a message through Facebook. I'm always looking for new ideas, and I'd really love to hear from you guys. Have a great night, and I'll talk to you next time.